We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It is a Friday, which means we'll hear from Joe Castiglione coming up here in moments. Also... Jessica Cootie hangs out with Sooner alum and tournament winner Max McGreevy. A little golf talk, and we'll wrap things up today with the audio version of Sooner Sound Off, where we debate offensive trios. Now, now debate isn't really the word. We got to draft, but I think you'll enjoy it. Now, I pulled out a dub, but I think Toby's going to win the People's Champion this week. Regardless, it's a fun listen. It's a fun debate. We'll get after it coming up here in just a bit. First, though... The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by AT&T, AT&T, America's best network, and Metroplex Electric. We can be your electrician. All right, let's get after it. Moments ago, Toby Rowland caught up with Joe Castiglione. Big 12 media days have been canceled for Monday. The SEC has gone conference only in its scheduling, so there will be no OU Tennessee this year. Where are we on the scheduling front, T-Row and Joe C.? The ACC and SEC in the last couple of days have revealed their plans. ACC 10 conference games plus one, and they are joining up with Notre Dame. Uh, The SEC announcing yesterday just 10 conference games. So um, just your thoughts on that, and did anything they uh, said or announced catch you by surprise or, or surprise you? No, you're seeing uh, all the various models that have been discussed behind the scenes start to evolve. You're also uh, understanding the difficulty of the decisions uh, when you consider that people were or are in different parts of the country and have uh, different challenges, see it different ways, have uh, different perspectives. So... No, I'm not really uh, surprised by any of it. We had hoped that we'd all be making a, an announcement about the same time, even if what we announced was uh, different from each other. I uh, never expected it to be identical. But um, we're, we're going to make our announcement uh, here soon. And we had a meeting scheduled Monday afternoon. Um, so we'll... Uh, See where it goes from there. What are the the options as you see them in front of the Big 12 right now? I would tell you it's getting tougher to 
play a 12-game schedule. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. Many of us have lost at least one game off the schedule, uh, some two or three. And we only have three conference games. So uh, other schools are trying to uh, reschedule games with, uh, with programs that were uh, bounced off another team's schedule from another conference. And uh, people are also trying to work out you know, the date when the game can occur and the location when the day- game can-, can occur. So we'll uh, you know, just work through that. You know, we always said this is going to be bumpy, could be messy. Not going to be a, uh, an easy thing to work through. You're seeing part of the disruption now. And we're, we're staying positive. We don't want to get into talking about things that uh, – make it sound like a downer, but, you know, we also have to be very mindful that disruption could still happen at any point once we decide and once we get into the season. That speaks to the um, consistency of being flexible. Uh, One of the theories that or options that's been talked about probably on social media and sports radio, which leads no credence whatsoever. But, you know, the ACC's going 10 games, Pac-12's going 10 games, conference I'm talking about, SEC mm-hmm. 10. Would it Has it been considered at all this 10-game Big 12 schedule where you would play a team twice? Is that even realistic? Probably as a last resort, Toby, I don't think it's going to be by design. Um, as I mentioned, you know, some of the schools have lost more than one game and they're trying to reschedule uh, a game um, to get to a certain number. Uh, what we might consider is the nine conference games plus one additional game. So as a last resort, if uh, two schools in our conference couldn't find a replacement for the 10th game, then I guess it's conceivable they could play each other. It certainly wouldn't be ruled out, but it wouldn't be set up that way. This is a question that I'm going to guess you can't answer, but maybe you'll surprise me. If that was the model they settled on, Missouri State be that 10th game for you since it would be at home? It all depends on the date we select as a uh, – commencement of the season. So when we are going to start is uh, um, really the key question there. Missouri State's been a good partner. They've been flexible. As you know, many, many weeks ago, we uh, talked about an idea and and made the formal request to the NCAA to move that game up a week simply because we were trying to uh, consider any and all challenges we'd have between one game and the next everybody's going to be doing this for the first time we thought the benefit of time between games would be helpful and quite candidly that is still going to be one of the um, I guess you could say principles we're going to include in the schedule for the upcoming year it's not necessarily going to be possible to have an open date between every single game or in other words, play a game, have an open date, play a game, have an open date. It may not be possible to do that, but we are going to build in a number of open dates to allow for each school to work through some of the challenges uh, if there aren't, they aren't able to play the game on its originally scheduled date. Uh, that, that's something we've talked about for quite a while. You're starting to see that in some of the conference announcements. But there's a lot of difference. You know, the ACC decided to play 11 games. Uh, the SEC, 10. Pac-12, 10. It's rumored that the Big Ten will play 10, but they have talked about playing more than 10. And the Big 12 is the only conference that has a single round robin already. So we're playing each other. Uh, the conferences that have more teams, you know, in this unique case, have a little bit of a different benefit but uh i think our choices are going to be the number of games and the start date um 
and everything's still on the table. Um, we have it obviously reduced to a smaller set of options and uh, have it ready for people to make their decision. And we'll see how it goes. We're going to be flexible to start during September and uh, possibly even adjust the date of the conference championship game a little later to allow for more flexibility within the schedule. Is the power of these interviews on a weekly basis, I, uh, during that answer, received a text message from a chancellor of another university, no lie, I'm not going to say who it is, raising their hand, volunteering to be your 10th opponent if you need one, Joe. So they are, there are options out there uh, beyond well, what you have. <laughs> oh, I know. I've already heard from quite a few. Uh, uh, my phone started uh, blowing up yesterday uh, once, you know, the SEC made their announcement and, uh, you know, people looking for games. So we'll see how it works out. You know, Missouri State has a schedule, too. <laughs> they mm-hmm. um, were very flexible at the beginning of the year, but they also have games on their schedule, and they're not sure whether any of the teams on their schedule are going to encounter uh, a change uh, because of what their own conference makes and uh, a decision what their own conference makes. So we'll see. Did the Florida Marlins situation this week um, kind of send some anxiety shockwaves through the college football world? Of course it did, but it's, exactly the kind of situation that uh, we talk about as, as a possibility. Um, we didn't know it would be the Florida Marlins. We didn't know how many positive tests that we, they would have. We didn't know what would take place in terms of contact tracing. We did, nobody does. And, and, and anybody that tries to tell you they do, they're, they're just making it up. But the um, point of all that, Toby, was an example of how a team manages a, uh, an outbreak of positive tests. Uh, we're all hopeful that we can avoid positive tests uh, and the resulting contact tracing, but it's, it's something you have to plan for. So that's why... It didn't surprise anybody. Shouldn't have surprised anybody. Uh, we we're just hoping, you know, uh, it doesn't happen. But you have to be ready for it to happen, and that's the kind of thing that could cause the disruption I referred to earlier uh, at some point during the season. I want to circle back to um, what you were talking about previously because it, it appears the NCAA liked your waiver request so much uh, that they decided to just go ahead and grant everybody a waiver to start on August 29th if they would like uh, this week. It was an impressive request you put in, I guess. Um, It makes more sense to me, and it sounds like to you, although I'd like to hear you speak on it more, to go ahead and, and let's say the schedule gets reduced to 10, to go ahead and start on August 29th or early, and allow more bye weeks throughout the season for space than the SEC model, which is push back the start to September 26th, kind of stack up all that space before the season ever starts, but you don't have the bye weeks to play with. Um, it sounds like that's what you're like. You agree with that model as well. Yeah, by and large, correct. The, Spacing between games, I think, can be very helpful. As I mentioned earlier, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, an open date between every single game. Um, but we're going to have to manage the, the possibility of, of uh, a few positive tests and the contact tracing that results from a positive test. Um, so... You know, it gives everybody a chance to work through that between games. You know, we we may have more challenge in um, the the number of players available for a game simply through the contact tracing itself. You know, we're going to obviously do everything with an abundance of caution, 
but when you have the contact tracing element, uh, and those those uh, individuals have to be uh, in isolation for a period of time, and they're they're tested. They may never ever test positive, but they have to uh, be in in a uh, you know isolation uh, state, if you will. Um, we, you know, we'll have any number of changes to our roster, and it may be too many to even play the game. So that that's something we have to work through as a uh, as a group. And you know, I remind everybody that the institutions aren't doing the contact tracing. That's a state health official guided process, um, and so uh, um, that that's the reason why you have the the time in between, because it might not mean that somebody misses just the, the game ahead. It might mean they miss two successive games. And obviously, uh, we continue to test, and when the medical staff determines someone's cleared to move back into practice, then that occurs. And for every person, that might be a different, different decision. Um, and finally, your, your zero positives have become such commonplace that I almost forget to ask you about them now, but a fourth straight week of uh, no positive tests for the football team. It included all of the basketball program yesterday as well. Um, you know, I, I assume you must be thrilled again with how things are going, at least on your campus. Well, as we say every week, Toby, yes, we are. It's, a, it's, it's really good news. But it's only as good as the behaviors going forward. <laughs> so uh, we'll test every week as we have been, and it's just indication to uh, everybody that's involved in the test itself that they're doing the right thing, wearing a mask, uh, being where they should be, avoiding being around crowds that aren't or people that aren't wearing masks. Um, and washing your hands, all the kinds of things. Once again, we've been saying for literally now months on end, it just it's proven that it reduces the spread or the chance of contracting the virus. You know, we again say all the time, it's, uh, we don't have a, a lock, a guarantee, uh, you know, a method to totally prevent any way of contracting the virus, but all of these methods that we constantly talk to um, significantly reduce people's chance of contracting or spreading it. Keep in mind, you know, you may be around someone who doesn't even realize they have it. And so that's just great precautionary tales for others to follow and appreciate our players and staff and everybody that um, continue to do the right thing. We're going to welcome more and more people back to campus. Um, it's inevitable that there's going to be a positive test here and there, and we obviously manage it as uh, best we can directly within the um, medical protocols that are already in place to, to uh, treat it or, or to um, you know, deal with the contact tracing. So, again, it's, it's great teaching moments for others to help uh, get rid of this virus as best as we can. Do you anticipate we'll know the schedule, the OU schedule on Monday? I think it's very soon after that, if, if not uh, Monday itself. I, I don't want to paint that or anyone into the corner. You know, we've made our uh, our decisions around – you know, the model we prefer, and uh, that'll be discussed in, you know, total with the rest of the Big 12 Conference. And uh, if the schedule doesn't come out Monday, I would expect it to come out at some point during the week. I say it at the end of every single interview on Friday. He is the best, and the term that stands out to me quite a bit in that interview, flexibility. Oklahoma will need a schedule. College football will need a schedule with tons of flexibility. Hey, deposits for the 2020 OU men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale. 
uh, you can call or text 405-325-2424 for more information or lock in your seats today by visiting Soonersports.com. Hey, it's time to add some boneless wings to your Wingstop delivery order, available in any of their 11 mouth-watering flavors. So go ahead and crush those spicy, saucy, sweet, and sassy cravings. Go to Wingstop.com now and get delivery to your door. Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. And Norman Regional offers virtual care so you can consult with a doc on your smartphone. Learn more at normanvirtualcare.com or download the app today. Max McGreevy's got himself a title. Jessica Cootie caught up with the Sooner Men's Golf alum, and you hear it right now on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Uh, Are you back? Where are you right now? I'm in Dallas right now, but I'm headed back up to Oklahoma City Thursday um, just to hang out with the family for a little bit. You uh, getting back out on the course today? Um, yeah, going out to my club, doing a couple of things for them and then, uh, probably practicing a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. Was, uh, was it kind of a whirlwind of a weekend? Yeah. Um, my parents actually came over, they weren't allowed to watch, but, uh, we're still there and kind of had dinner with me and stuff over the weekend, which was kind of cool. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah, there was so many emotions that went on in the last hour of that whole golf situation that it was. It was pretty cool, though. That's crazy. So on the um, the golf tournament that was on uh, the like CBS this weekend or whatever, like there were you could tell there were people like at their houses. Was that kind of the same? Was there anybody watching like on the course where you were? Yeah, that was. There was kind of people in their backyards, and that's I think they kind of um, they kind of realized that they were my parents um, uh, when they were watching in their car. So. My, they actually kind of helped my parents out and let them stand in their backyard oh, and kind of cool. watch me play a couple of holes and whatnot. Yeah, it ended up working out pretty well. That's awesome. Okay, well, um, we'll knock this out. Um, I'll probably, you know, obviously ask you like a couple recruiting questions for uh, Coach Hibble, you know, just how it kind of has prepared you. But then also, obviously, he and Quaid played pretty well this weekend too, so it's kind of a fun weekend for yeah. OU golf fans. So at the end, I'll probably ask you about that too. So. Perfect. Okay, well, Max McGreevy, congratulations on the win at the Price Cutter Charity Championship. What a weekend for you. How are you feeling right now? Thank you. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was an unforgettable weekend. Um, just kind of a range of emotions from kind of leading after the first round to playing decent the next two rounds and then just kind of getting off to a hot start. And um, luckily all the cards kind of fell in the right um, direction that last day and um, was able to kind of just just uh stay above everybody else and um yeah i mean it was incredible and unforgettable day and um just still kind of on cloud nine right now so this win secures your corn fairy tour card which uh for those that are not familiar it's the developmental tour for the united states uh pga tour so how big was this win for you to secure that tour card yeah for sure it just takes a lot of a lot of pressure off my back a little bit. I can kind of relax a little bit and not have to worry too much about, you know, gaining points or kind of moving my way up uh, the um, points list or anything like that. So um, not only is it good for that, it's kind of just a big boost to my confidence and just kind of validation for everything that I've done over the years. So um, just just kind of going to be another memory I can have in the back of my head to kind of um, go off of in weeks to come and um, hopefully can get some more chances on the weekend okay well let's uh, start from the beginning it was a four-day event which you said you you had never won a four-day event before but you came out uh on fire you had a big round in, on day one and then ended day four five strokes off of the lead just kind of walk us through you know having that that great first round and then kind of coming in and having to fight your way back to win that thing on the final day yeah, I mean, five back, it was a fairly easy golf course, too, so I knew I was going to have to go low and, um, you know, wasn't really thinking about winning, just was thinking about putting a good score together, and, you know, if I made a run, then I did, and luckily I got off to a really hot start and um, didn't have to press too much at the end, and fortunately, a couple guys faltered early and didn't have to um, didn't have to go too low, um, but, yeah, it was, um, you know, just kind of bookending that, that tournament with 64s, and um, just finishing the way that I did, it was it was pretty incredible. So you were not in the final group, so you have to be feeling pretty good when you walk off uh, 
that final final green but kind of take us through the emotions of kind of waiting and seeing you think you got a good enough score but then uh, you got to wait and see how the other groups kind of finish out yeah unfortunately i had a putt there on 18 to kind of almost seal the deal i feel like um permanently but um you know i had to I had to stick around there for about 30 40 minutes I had to wait for i think three more groups behind me to come in and um you know i was standing right there watching so it was um stressful for sure but, um, you know, luckily, um, kind of everything worked out like it did. But I mean, the, the roller coaster of emotions from, um, you know, learning I had the lead on 16 to finishing up and um, having a two shot lead to, uh, you know, the guy having a putt on the last hole to win uh, or to tie me um, was just, I mean, the, the, the up and downs that I went through, I feel like in about a 45 minute span was um, enough that I, <laughs> all that I could handle and um, so luckily it turned out, um, victorious. So what did you learn about yourself then throughout all of that and everything you kind of overcame over these last four days? Yeah. I mean, um, being my first time winning a four day event, you know, I kind of, kind of just finally figured that I can, I could put four good rounds together out here and kind of compete with these guys. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've had good, good finishes on this tour before this year, but, um, you know, finally actually sealing the deal and putting it all together is just one more stepping stone I feel like I needed to reach. And, um, you know, luckily this stepping stone led to a win. And, um, you know, I, I feel like that's just going to open up the gates, I feel like, for not only my game, but my mind and um, just kind of moving forward and um, just kind of, you know, rolling with the confidence and, and rolling with, you know, the good, the good play that I have and hopefully keep it going. Yeah. You talked about how this kind of had been a frustrating year for you at times, you know, you went to China and, and played some time over there. You were away from your family. Uh, can't imagine that was easy, but how much did you grow as a person and as a golfer during that time? Yeah, last year was, it was, it was, it was a long year, but um, you know, it was what I needed um, both mentally and physically. And, um, it just made me stronger all around. And, um, I can't, you know, put enough emphasis on how important that year was and, and, um, just what it did for my psyche, I feel like. And, um, you know, that, that just gave me even more confidence leading up into this year that, um, you know, I had the mental capability and I had, I was able to kind of endure, um, hardships or if anything like that came up. So, um, you know, it, it, it just, I feel like that, that good play and that good mentality just kind of rolled over into this year. And, um, you know, things weren't clicking super, super great early on in this year, but I knew it was close and, you know, I got a glimpse of it last week in San Antonio. And then finally it kind of just all clicked this week and was able to put it all together. And you're super, super close with your family. Uh, your parents could not be out on the course, but they did travel they were there with you when you actually won and, and got to hoist that trophy how special was that to actually have them in the vicinity even though they couldn't actually be on the course with you yeah for sure i mean after playing so well over in china last year and you know wishing that they were over there kind of with me celebrating as well um you know i've always i've always been the closest to my parents for sure and um they actually surprised me and when i called them on friday they were on their way over and um, you know, I wasn't even that close to the lead at the, t at the time, but, um, you know, just the belief that they have in me and, and what everything that they've done to kind of give me the chances that I've had, it's, um, it's incredible that I got to share that, that, um, experience with them and, you know, hoist the trophy and have the tears together. It's, it's, unfortunately that's, it, it's kind of been frustrating not having spectators and not being able to have family out there, but being able to finish like that and have them there after it all is incredible. Speaking of your dad, tell us the story about the putter. Yeah. So, um, uh, um, my dad's a produce broker there in Oklahoma city and, um, he was playing in a tournament called the crest invitational. Don't even know if it still is around anymore. Played out at Oak tree and played in it for years. And one year he came back home with, um, I think maybe a set of clubs. I can't remember it all. And, um, one of them was a putter. And it was, it was way too big for me. I was like 11, 12 at the, at the time. And, um, he cut it down for me. I started putting with it, um, you know, relatively soon afterwards and, you know, just fell in love with it. And, you know, the more that I grew, the more that he kind of added length to it and it got longer and longer. And, um, you know, it's been, it's, it's been a, 
an up and down journey with that putter, but it's, it's, uh, um, it's, it's had all of my success. I feel like wrapped in and, uh, I, I, that's, that's, that's my baby for sure. It's, uh, gotta be special though, to win one of those tournaments with that putter in your bag. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, uh, um, a lot, a lot of memories with that thing and it just continues to keep giving me memories. So it's, it's, it's a good story for sure. And, um, it was a, it was a good raffle win for my dad. That's awesome. Okay. Well, hoisting that trophy, did it bring back uh, some memories of when you were playing for Oklahoma golf, hoisting, uh, that national championship trophy? For sure. You know, with golf, um, you don't win quite as many times as maybe some other sports and stuff like that. It's very few and far between. So, um, definitely glimpses of stuff like that goes through your mind and, you know, wanting to hoist up a trophy like that is always what you're looking for. So you kind of, you kind of go back in your memory bank thinking about that and hoisting it with your friends. And, you know, hopefully I can bring trophy back to coach or to Norman or with some of my buddies there, uh, on the team and, and kind of relive the same kind of memories we had back in 2017. Yeah. Speaking of all that, how did your career at Oklahoma playing for coach Hibble prepare you for all of this that you're going through right now on a professional tour? Yeah, for sure. I mean, coach Hibble is, I mean, probably the main reason why, you know, I'm out here playing well, multiple other guys from OU are out here playing well. I mean, um, it's a testament to what he's done with the program to um, not, not only just make us better players, but I feel like better people, better men. I mean, he puts together a good group of guys and, um, you know, he teaches us valuable lessons that um, maybe not even relate to the golf course, but it's, it's everything that he's done um, has just equated 10 times as you've seen the amount of guys from OU that are either out on the corn Ferry tour or guys out on the PGA tour now. And, um, you know, I, I, when I look back on my four years at OU, um, they go by fast, but I mean, you learn so much in that amount of time and, um, so much was learned from coach Hibble. And, um, I just, I, I can't take back those memories and, um, I, everything that he's been able to do for me and, um, still is able to do for me and talking to me feel like weekly. And, um, I just, I, I love that kind of mentorship that I feel like I got from him. Yeah. Speaking of that, you talk, you've talked a lot about, you know, the mental aspect of it. And, uh, you know, you've said time and time again, how he's, he's a gritty kind of player and, you know, just being able to overcome so much, uh, you know, how much, how important is learning that kind of skill and being able to manage kind of the ebbs and flows and ups and downs of a professional golf career? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the actual game of golf is so up and down, you know, week to week, year to year, um, being able to kind of just comprehend that before you kind of get into it is, um, one of the main things I feel like. And I feel like that's kind of what he instilled in us. Um, you want to go out and win every single week and play as well as you can every single week, but unfortunately it doesn't work like that. So, um, you know, making your bad weeks better, and making your better weeks even better is um, just kind of all you need mentality, all you need, you know, mentally to kind of um, deal with the ebbs and flows that the game has given you. And, um, you know, luckily it's given me a lot, but I've, I've definitely had my lows as well too. So, um, but, but the mental aspect of it is just so crucial in the game of golf compared to other sports. And, um, you know, coach instills that pretty hard in us. If you're a recruit kind of coming in, kind of wondering what his coaching style is, break it down for someone who wants to know what Coach Hibble is like when you get him out on the course, when you're trying to kind of grow your game as a collegiate golfer. Right. No, Coach is very straightforward. Um, you know, he's going to tell you what you need to work on, um, what you need to get better at, and but he's going to help you along the way too. Um, if you put in the work and you're there, um, you know, day in and day out, just doing what you need to do. He's going to be there every minute with you along the way, helping you out, making you better. So, um, you, you know, that's what I, that's what I loved about coach Hibbles. He's almost like a father figure to me to where, um, he's just as proud. I feel like as my parents are, and, um, you know, that's such a cool aspect to have, um, not only in a team aspect, but just one-on-one -on -one with your coach. That's, that's something that you want, something that like just, 
it's it's that little extra drive to to um you know play well for him type of thing and um he he just brings such a family aspect to it to our team and you know we're so close as a team and it's only gotten better over the years i feel like and um it'll only continue to get better and um it's 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 so cool what he's done and and um just kind of incredible it doesn't um hurt things either that he's such a good golfer himself right yeah that that um that makes it a little tough too because he can be a little cocky about that but uh um it's it's definitely fun to have a a player that's that's played at such a high caliber continues to play at such a high caliber um it's just more knowledge um that you're gaining from him just constantly and um you know if you get out there and get to play with him you're just going to continue to learn from him and probably get beat by him every once in a while too. So it's uh it's it's a lot of fun. I'm working on a story right now on him and obviously his brother was a quarterback at OU for all those diehard OU fans. And uh Ryan was actually a big time football player himself. And I feel like you can see that in a lot of his coaching that he was a football guy. He gets amped up. He's not afraid to trash talk and he's kinda it's he has fun with it. For sure. No, I mean coach gets very amped up and that's what's so fun about it is, you know, some guys I feel like don't get as amped up, but, um, he kind of, maybe if half the team isn't, he kind of brings that energy to make everybody else amped up. And, um, you know, he just loves, he loves kind of just getting everyone going and just getting us for all in the right mindset and whatnot. But uh, you can totally feel, I mean, if we're in team meetings or something like that, we're almost in a, you know, football type of setting, the way he's talking to us and um, just getting us prepared, getting us ready to go. And um, that that's just another great aspect that he brings to um, just this game. And it's different than I feel like other coaches can bring to um, their players. Well, simultaneously, while you're winning uh, your tournament, uh, Coach Hibble and Quaid both were putting up big scores themselves. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, how you got guys from OU all over, you know, the tour, but just, you know, on any given weekend, like, look at, you got multiple guys at the top of the leaderboard on even at different tournaments. Yeah, no, I feel like every single time I look at any tournament, I've got, you know, either former players or um, buddies now at OU that are, you know, moving up in the amateur ranks and stuff like that. And it's, it's been incredible to watch what Quaid has been able to do, um, you know, being an Oklahoma boy, just like him. Um, growing up playing junior golf with him and um, you know I talked to him last week uh, while he was up at the Sunny Hannah and um, his game has just evolved so immensely over the years and um, I think he's kind of been a role model to a lot of those guys on the team and been very helpful but I mean how incredible was it for you know coach to be up there how incredible is that for your coach to be up there you know tied with the lead with the guy on your team type of thing I mean you just don't really see anything like it. And that's, that's what makes Oklahoma, I feel like a little bit different. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just so cool to see, oh, you guys top the leaderboard in all aspects of the game. When you guys won the national title, Quaid was what a red shirt freshman. He didn't play. And he, he talked to me a little bit earlier this summer about how, you know, there are lots of times that uh, coach Hipple could have given up on him. I mean, he had a long ways to go when he got here, but, you know, just his growth, you talked about how far he's come, but would you have imagined he would have come as far as he did when you guys were kind of, he had the Mohawk at the, you know, national championship to see where he's come in his career? No, I mean, it's, I know, I know Quaid's always been a hard worker and he, he's quiet in that aspect. You don't know that he's working hard, but he's out there every single day getting his work done, doing what he needs to do to get better. And I feel like that's, that's, it, it's maybe taken a little bit longer than he wanted to, but at the same time, it's just exponentially grown over the years because of that work that he's put in. And, um, you know, I've, I'm so proud of him for, I kind of felt like I, I brought him under my wing a little bit when I first, when he first came to school and, um, but what he's been able to do the last, the last couple of years and, um, you know, just over his entire career, I, it's not that I never saw it coming. It was just, it, it's to the extent that, I wish it could have gotten to, and I never thought it was. So, um, you know, it's incredible to see the heights that he's been able to accomplish. And, you know, it seems like every single time you're looking at a leaderboard, Quaid's name's at the top. And um, I think it's going to be like that for a long time because his work ethic is is good enough. And 
strong enough to just continue to keep him there at the top. Well, hopefully he'll be uh, joining you soon enough um, on that Corn Ferry tour, but not before another run at a national championship. He does have a going to come back and hopefully pursue another national championship for Oklahoma golf. But last thing for you, as you kind of, you know, move forward now following this win, what's next? How do you approach, you know, next week, you know, the next tournament now that you do have this win under your belt? Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't say that it changes my mindset at all, but, um, you know, I feel like when you have success like that, it maybe can take you out of your bubble at times. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of my, my number one key right now is just kind of getting back to basics and, um, you know, making sure each week I'm prepared properly for, for what I have to come. So, um, you know, fortunately taking this week off and, and getting ready to go and, and, um, hopefully hopefully getting up there and and um giving myself some more chances f- to win these next couple of weeks but um it's 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 all about just being in the right state of mind every single week and and staying in your bubble so um just got to just got to get prepared and be ready to go and and make sure every week that that uh, I'm ready to go well we wish you the best of luck and we look forward to more wins from Max McGreevy and I know you'll be uh, following continuing to follow along very closely with a uh, sooner men's golf still, right? You, you, you're still a big fan. Oh yeah. Every single week. Awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Okay. That was great. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Yeah, no worries. At I'll all. be able to do a lot with that. We'll probably Thanks. put it on the podcast and, um, I'll cut it up for coach and, um, uh, for recruiting and I'm going to post a, clip of it on the website too so do a lot with it okay. so thank you so much i appreciate it congrats again. yeah no problem at all yeah good to see you again you too. too have a good one close with a 64 in missouri to win his first kft title congratulations to max mcgreevy and thanks for joining us on the sooner sports podcast max hey ou extended campus with degrees online on site on your schedule become the tradition og and OG&E is power at the speed of life. And don't feel like getting out to buy groceries? Let Homeland deliver to your door. Visit HomelandStores.com for more details. It's draft time on the latest edition of Sooner Sound Off. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back into another edition of Sooner Sound Off, where we like to take topics from the rich tradition and history of Oklahoma athletics and debate our takes on that for your viewing pleasure. And boy, do we have a fun show coming up for you today. But before we get into that, let's welcome in our esteemed panel. By now, you know them well. Let's start with the leader on the top of the Sooner Sound Off leaderboard, Chris Plank. Closely behind him, we have the voice, Toby Rowland, and not so close is Chad McKee from Sooner Sports (laughs) TV. And uh, guys, uh, listen, we're not going to spend a lot of time on intros here today because we have a lot to get to. Normally, we each take a segment to debate our takes, but today we're going to switch it up. Over the last couple of decades, Oklahoma has fielded some of the top offenses in college football. You have four Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, currently five former Sooner wide receivers on NFL rosters, and well, they don't call it running back you for nothing. So for today's topic brought to you by Taco Mayo, we are going to have a three-round draft with each of you selecting a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. You'll get 90 seconds to sell us on your take, and at the end of the show, we will pick the best Sooner trio. And we're going to rotate the draft order with each round. So up first in the first round, we're going quarterbacks. And with the first overall pick, is Chad McKee selected by random draw by our producer or because he is at the bottom of the standings. We'll go with or that. Or because one. he's so- the oldest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Chad McKee. the reason, sure. Who is your quarterback? Who are you going with? This guy right here. I would be foolish not to pick the number one pick in the 2018 NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns. The 2018 Heisman Trophy winner. Baker Mayfield is my selection. Now, I don't know exactly when Sooner fans fell in love with Baker. Maybe he had us with the social media dancing. But I do know the first time everybody took notice of of him was his very second game as Sooner starting quarterback. On the road, the rally on Rocky Top. You remember that? Sooners were down and had 
even cross the 50-yard line until 13 minutes were left in the fourth quarter out in Tennessee that day. But Baker somehow pulled out the miracle of all miracles. It was the first of a three-year thrill ride. Sooner fans that year got to see Baker be an All-American Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, fourth in the Heisman race. Season two, there was a win over his hometown Horns, a 65-59 win over Patrick Mahomes and the Red Raiders, revenge for him in Lubbock, and the taste of a sweet Sugar Bowl win over Auburn. That year, Baker was third in the Heisman voting. And then granted a curtain call in the form of an extra season of eligibility, he took full advantage in his final season. He planted the flag in Columbus, piled up 62 points and going 3-0 in the Bedlam series, won a third straight Big 12 title, and oh yes, became the first walk-on player ever to win a Heisman Trophy. Three Big 12 titles, two college football playoffs, three top four Heisman finishes, including a win, and that's the key word, win. 34-6 and six as Sooner starting quarterback. And don't forget, when he was at Texas Tech, he became the first true walk-on to start in his first game at the FBS level. Baker Mayfield is my top pick. And there is your time for Chad McKee. He goes with Baker Mayfield, one of two back-to-back -back quarterbacks selected number one overall in the NFL draft. Toby Rowland, you're up next. Are you going with the other? A gift in July. Thank you very much, Chad. Give me Kyler Murray, QB1. I'll take the greatest athlete to ever play the position. Already established, Jess, the greatest two-sport star in OU history. You know that. The most dangerous weapon at quarterback with his arm and legs maybe to ever play the game. Heisman Trophy winner. He only gave us one year, but that's all I need to know, that he's a human video game. He's virtually unstoppable. Look what he's already doing in the NFL. The quickness of a cheetah, the speed of a gazelle, the right arm of a howitzer. Defensive <laughs> coordinators crumpled into the fetal position trying to figure out how to stop this guy. He was literally unfair, literally. Blazing speed, pinpoint accuracy, and the swagger of a guy who knew he was one of the greatest athletes this planet has ever produced. Yes, indeed. Give me Kyler Murray, Jess. Track, wall, gone. Track, wall, gone, as we heard last week. Okay, so there are two of the four Heisman Trophy winners off the board for Sooner quarterbacks. Plank, still lots to choose from, including a national championship quarterback. Who are you going with? Well, you know, Jess, I got to admit, you, you guys know I'm a, a little bit of a draft nerd. So to me, I was no. <laughs> surprised to see Toby Rowland go Kyler Murray. That was kind of my earmarked yep. pick. So go Chris ahead has been studying who the Raiders are going to pick here for the last 48 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to apply it in a way in which I knew who you were going to pick. And you did a good rope-a-dope where I thought you might go with Steve Davis. I'm going to go with a national championship. What did you teach me a couple weeks ago? Say it louder for the people in the back. A national, national championship. championship. Josh Heupel helped to reignite the Sooner Nation. You go back to whenever Oklahoma had some rough times. Josh Heupel came in in 1999 with the turnaround that Bob Stoops helped engineer under Mike Leach in 99. Then, of course, that crew in the 2000, including Mark Mangino. Listen, Josh Heupel was, was accurate. He was a leader. He understood what it took to win. And, you know, I, I know there were some injury issues that he had, you know, with the elbow late in his senior season, his final season. But let's all agree here for once. We should be talking about yet another Heisman Trophy winner for the University of Oklahoma. Josh Heupel helped to set the foundation for what this is that we see here today at the quarterback position in which Lincoln Riley and Kyler and Baker have taken it to another level. Give me the left-handed gunslinger who came out of JUCO, put himself in the national picture, finished in the Heisman Trophy mix, and, oh, did, did, did I happen to mention, led a team to a national championship. I'll take Josh Heupel as my starting quarterback. I want to trade um, up and draft Sam Bradford now. I'll, I'll give you the rest of my you picks. Got Baker. You, you got Baker. You got Baker. I want Sam Bradford. Baker. No, I want to uh, trade know, up and get another pick. 
Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I love those national championship debates, Plank. Yeah, left on the board, uh, my dog's namesake, Sam Bradford and Jason White, who Toby made a passionate case for a, a couple weeks back as the best Oklahoman. So uh, lots to choose from there, but great yeah. first round. So we have Chad McKee going with Baker Mayfield, Toby Rowland with Kyler Murray, and Plank is going with the champ, Josh Heupel. So that wraps up the first round of our inaugural Sooner Sound Off draft. Up next, we are going running backs. Lots to choose from there, too, here at RBU. Keep it here on Sound Off. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Devon Energy, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off. We're switching things up for you a bit today as we've got a three-round draft currently in process. Up first, we took our quarterbacks. So we had Chad McKee going with Baker Mayfield, Toby Rowland with Kyler Murray, and Chris Plank with Josh Heupel. Up next, who do you want them handing the ball off to? It's RBU time. Toby, you're up first this round. Who is your running back? I love it. Chris and Chad are sitting there with nervous anticipation. <laughs> Which guy is he going to take? I'll take Adrian Peterson all day. <laughs> Give me the human freight train. He's the guy of all of the great OU running backs, and there have been a ton of them, all of them. When they see Adrian Peterson run with the football, say, oh, my God. This guy is different. He ran over people. Little Joe danced by people. Adrian ran over people. Billy Sims high-stepped past people. Adrian just ran over people. He ran with explosive football violence. He ran like a bull in Pamplona. He was a human locomotive. He made defenses shiver. He punished tacklers. He was impossible to turn away from every time he was handed the football if you were watching on television or if you were in the stadium. And he is unquestionably headed to both the college football and NFL Halls of Fame at a position where we have seen thousands of men carry a football. He did it unlike anyone we have ever seen. Power, pure, unstoppable power. I'll take Adrian Peterson. Amazing that uh, this thing is going live and we don't know which direction you guys are going and yet Toby still finds a way to come up with a lengthy list of adjectives. <laughs> Not short on adjective length again today. I get the okay, number one so pick. The admiral of adjectives. There we go. Adrian Peterson all day. The number one running back selected. Not surprising there. Chris Blank, who you got? Boomer. I mean, come on. If I don't get AD... <laughs> Give me Billy Sims, and not just for the barbecue. I'm telling you what, when you dive into the highlights, 1978 was a special season, a Heisman Trophy winner that year. He was so good his final season in 79, he finished runner-up. And Toby's talking about a potential future Hall of Famer in Adrian Peterson. We're talking about a college football Hall of Famer right here in Billy Sims. And... You know, much like Kyler Murray, much like Baker Mayfield, he went number one, number one overall in the NFL draft. Let's let's take the magnifying glass, that 1978 season. 1,762 yards on 231 carries. The guy was averaging almost eight yards per carry and set the school record at that time for total yards from scrimmage. We mentioned a Heisman Trophy winner as a junior. At that point, he was just the sixth junior in history, Jess, to ever win the award. And let's not forget, our cohort today argued a couple weeks ago, my man Chad McKee, so eloquently that it was the greatest individual performance in Sooner Sports history when Billy Sims put 247 yards on Nebraska. The black shirts, 200 plus yards in three straight games in September. I'm going to go with Boomer, Billy Sims, 1978 Heisman Trophy. Starting my backfield with Heupel and Sims, Jess. 
Yeah, and uh, they say these this young generation doesn't know who some of these older players are, but Billy Sims makes sure that everybody knows who he is at those Heisman Trophy <laughs> ceremonies each and every year. All right, Chad, you're wrapping this thing up. Who you got? This was the most difficult decision of all. Apologies to Oklahoma's all-time rushing leader, Samaj P. Ryan, to the great little Joe Washington, to current running backs coach DeMarco Murray, who's wow. top five in rushing and top 20 in receiving. DeMarco's top five rushing and top 20 in receiving. But I'm going with another Heisman Trophy winner, the 1969 Heisman Trophy winner, wow. Steve Owens Love from it. Miami, Oklahoma. He wow. was Adrian Peterson before AD. Six foot two, 220 pounds. He did not run through tacklers, he ended them. Steve Davis was a running back, fullback, H back, tight end, and quarterback all in one package. Let me give you some numbers. 869 yards and 13 touchdowns as a freshman. As a sophomore, 1968, 1,536 yards and 21 touchdowns. By 1969, he was the star on a team decimated by graduation, and he didn't just embody the term workhorse, he invented it. A record 358 carries, 53 of those in one game. Another game against Oklahoma State ran 55 times for 261 yards and two touchdowns. He is fifth in rushing with over 4,000 yards, but he was third at the time that he left school, and he holds the distinction of being the only player in NCAA history to complete his first three career passes for touchdowns. That's right, three <laughs> touchdown passes for the great Steve Owens, College Football Hall of Famer. He's my pick at running back, Jessica. All right, Silver and using shoes every went single undrafted. Wow, yeah. how about that? How I am not going to tell Joe Washington that none of you guys picked him. Uh, Chad McKee wow. once again using up every single second that he had <laughs> and going with perhaps one of the nicest Sooners ever, right? One of the nicest yes. guys on the planet is Steve Owens. Great. Okay, um, fun first couple of rounds. We're wrapping things up. Final round, wide receiver time. Who are these guys taking? Chris Plank is first on the board. You got about a minute 30 to make your pick. Chris Plank will be back with Sound Off right after this. Air Comfort Solutions, your total home solution for plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. Make the winning call today. Taco Mayo, fresh ingredients built to order. The Trails Golf Club, Norman's club of choice. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Community Coffee, family-owned community coffee. The official brewed coffee of OU Athletics. Taste the difference family makes. Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off in the middle of a heated draft going on right now. So far in this three-round draft, Chad McKee has taken Baker Mayfield as his quarterback and Steve Owens as his running back, Toby Rowland, Kyler Murray as his quarterback, Adrian Peterson as his running back, and Chris Plank has Josh Heupel as his QB, Billy Sims as his Can't running right. back. So Did you say I have Kyler Murray and Adrian Peterson? Right? That can't be right. Already a fantasy team oh. in the making. All Did, right, did you let's, I have uh, two Heisman winners? Wow. Uh, Stunning. Plenty to choose from, guys. And let's wrap this up with wide receiver. And just like the other two groups, plenty to choose from here. As I mentioned at the top of the show, currently five former Sooner wide receivers on NFL rosters, uh, not to mention the Bolitnikoff winner. It goes on and on. So Mark Andrews is well one of the top tight ends in the NFL. So Chris Plank, you've got to think about this. You are up first this round. Give me Ryan Broyles. I think he was the <laughs> greatest receiver. I'll make this very simple, very sweet. <laughs> not, just, not just because he is an amazing person, an amazing businessman, and an all-around good guy. But when Agreed. he got on the field, 
he just flipped a switch and became another person. I mean, the numbers are incredible for the two-time All-American. When he left campus, he was the all-time leader in Oklahoma Sooner football history in receptions, yards, and receiving touchdowns. He was the NCAA career receptions leader. Of course, that record was eventually uh, broken in 2014, but the career receptions leader and was second in receiving yards. And by the way, I, I want to go back. The career receptions leader was on a chilly night in Lawrence, Kansas, and he set the record. His 317th career catch was on a touchdown catch from Landry Jones. He was so mad earlier in that game, Jess, that he had thrown away his gloves that he was wearing, changed his gloves, set the all-time receptions record, the all-time receiving leader in OU history. A senior season, too. Think about this. He played in just nine games during his senior season because of that unfortunate injury that took place against Texas A&M. But still in his senior season, 83 catches, 1,157 yards, 10 catches. I'll number you here real quick. 4,586 career yards, 45 touchdowns, sixth all-time in Oklahoma Sooner history. My number one receiver is the man, Ryan Broyles. Uh, great pick there, number one overall in the wide receiver draft. And uh, Gabe Eichert actually told me that he was the most talented player that he played with in college. So I think uh, you got a good one there playing for your wide receiver. That should help Toby. your decision-making process, Jess. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Don't hold Wait. that against him that Gabe picked him. It's okay. It's still okay. Right? Hey, Chad, you are up next. Uh, bow down to my guy, number 85, Ryan Broyles, former co-host of Sooner Game Day here on Sooner Sports TV. I'm going to go with a little bit of the recency bias, but you've got to hear me out a little bit. And I'm going to pick the number 17 pick in this past NFL draft by the Dallas Cowboys, Sedarian C.D. Lamb. You have to remember, his first couple of seasons, he was playing behind some stars. Marquise Hollywood Brown, Belitnikoff Awards, and Mark Andrews, a great tight end as well. But when it became his time to shine, oh, did C.D. shine. This is a guy that by his junior year was the star on the best offense in the country. This past season, Bolitnikoff Award finalist with over 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. His yards per catch average over 21 yards per reception. That's this past season. That's the most for any Sooner receiver with at least 50 catches. And remember, he missed one game because of injury this past year. And I think about big games against big-time NFL caliber competition. Eight catches, a career high against Alabama in the Orange Bowl. And this past season, eight catches for 173 yards as the most outstanding player of the Sooners' Big 12 championship game win over Baylor, a game that got the Sooners to a third straight college football playoff. You think big plays and big size. 6'2", 200 pounds, a 4'5", 40-yard dash. Give me that guy. I think he will have the best career of any Sooner in the NFL as a wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. Can't wait what he uh, does in Big Dallas uh, down there in Jerry World. Uh, Toby, who you got? Still plenty to choose from. This is the last pick of the draft. It's a big one. Yes. It's important. <laughs> And there Very are a low. lot of great options still on the table. Sterling Shepard, one of my all-time faves. D.D. Westbrook, Hollywood Brown, Kenny Stills. But I sense the opportunity, Jess, for a knockout. I already have <laughs> the greatest running back to ever grace Owen Field. I already have the greatest athlete slash quarterback to ever be on Owen Field. And it's time to seal the deal. I'm not coming with heat either. I'm coming with a curveball. Give me Keith Jackson. That's right. The greatest tight end in OU Whoa, history. Whoa, Nelly. Maybe the greatest tight end in college football history. Keith Jackson was so dominant, so unstoppable. Opposing teams game planned around him, and he played on an offense that never threw the ball. He was a monster with pillow soft hands. You couldn't believe a man of that size could run that fast. And he was the architect of some of the biggest plays of that golden Switzer era. The reverse, the one-handed catch against Nebraska, the 71-yard touchdown against Penn State to win a national championship. So likable and lovable that he has since become a tremendous broadcaster and an amazing humanitarian. I can't believe the disrespect that both of you have shown the Switzer era. By not I have Billy him Sims. until now, but I will <laughs> gladly and with great pride take 
Keith Jackson four from Mr. Irrelevant in this draft. Wow, that was a curveball indeed. Uh, great, great debate there. Great draft from all of you guys. Um, I can't wait to see what Suter Nation has to say about all of this. You guys left a lot of good players on the board, especially in the wide receiver. You left the Bolitnikoff, D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Hollywood, Brown, uh, the first Shep. rounder going just before C.D. Lamb. So, again, uh, that's the good part about this debate and this draft is there was lots and lots and lots of options to choose from. Okay, uh, quick break, but we're wrapping up the show next with our closing arguments. And somehow I've got to find a way to pick a winner. Keep it here on Sound Off. The Sooner Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast to listen to old shows and subscribe to always get the newest ones. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. Sooner Sports TV personalities wardrobe is provided by Threads Menswear and Blush on Campus Corner. Hair and makeup provided by Clementine Hair Lounge. Welcome back to Sooner Sound Off. Got to have a quick segment here, guys, to close this out. Our three-round draft is complete with quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. Let's quickly get through our closing arguments brought to you by Kincaid Coach. Chad, you're up first. Baker Mayfield, Steve Owens, and C.D. Lamb. I have two Heisman Trophy winners, three first-round draft picks, and unquestionably stars, all three of whom only played three seasons as Sooners. That's how good they were. I want you all to close your eyes for a second and imagine a team with Kyler Murray at quarterback, Adrian Peterson at running back, and Keith Jackson at tight end. Congratulations, you've just won four straight national championships, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Kyler, AD, and Keith, that's the squad, Chris Blank. Josh Eipel, national championship. Billy Sims, Heisman Trophy. Ryan Broyles, the all-time greatest receiver in yards, receptions, and touchdowns in Sooners history. I'm feeling good about my squad, Jess. Who you picking? Okay, uh, time now to get to our winner, uh, brought to you by Community Coffee. And you guys have not made this easy on me, but what a fun show. We have got to do this again, perhaps maybe a three-on-three -three basketball team. Uh, listen, I think uh, it's going to be fun to see what Sooner Nation has to say on Twitter. So you guys make sure and weigh in. Let us know what you think. But for me today, I made such a big argument about national championships. I got to go with the championship quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winning running back, and the all-time receiver. Congratulations to Chris Plank. He is the winner today, in my opinion. But again, let us know, Sooner Nation, what you think. Uh, we'll have the poll up and uh, can't wait to see what everybody Plank. thinks. Uh, listen, uh, what a fun show, guys. Thanks for your time. Please don't be mad at me. And uh, that's all the time we have here on Sooner Sound Off. Too late. We'll We're mad. Here oh, on I'm Sound mad. I think that's a great choice. Well, thanks for joining us for this lengthy edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Here's What's on Tap, presented by Philip 66. Philip 66, live to the full. Man, we've got a classic broadcast this Saturday that is fantastic. It's Oklahoma and Texas from 2016. I'll drop it a little bit earlier on Saturday, too, so make sure you subscribe on, on the Sooner Sports Podcast page, Soonersports.com slash podcast. Everyone have a great weekend. Thanks to Josie, Max McGreevy, Jessica Goody, and the Sound Off crew. And as always, thanks to you for listening to the Sooner Sports Podcast. We'll see you back here on Monday with T-Row. Until then, Boomer Sooner, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.